Hello and welcome to the Jackcast, your Swansea City podcast. I'm Matt Barocco and I'm joined as ever by Steve Carroll. Evening, Steve. Evening. So we've just seen Luke Williams' first league match in charge of the Swans, an entertaining two-all draw at St Andrews against Birmingham. What did you make of the game, Steve? Uh, it was an entertaining one, really, wasn't it? Um, you know, we had a we had great support up there. It was a great atmosphere. Um, a really enjoyable day, really. Um, you could see signs of what we were trying to do. I mean, we were certainly trying to keep possession better than we we have done. There were, shall we say, some mistakes, um, which is not a great surprise, really. I mean, when you're trying to change the style a bit, it you, there's no way you're gonna. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Uh, springs to mind, and I mean. Humphreys, for example, was a little bit shaky in the first half, but yeah. I thought on the whole there were there were certainly some positives. Although we'll obviously we're we're a bit frustrated that we didn't win, aren't we? But um, yeah, there was <clears throat> there were certainly signs, I think, of of an improvement. Um, I'm not sure if you felt the same. Yeah, it's hard to know what to make of it, really, because the first half, all the chances went to them, and I think they they could have they had a shout of getting a couple of goals there, but um, as you say. A um, couple of the one of the biggest ones was a massive fuck up by Humphreys, which basically put them through one on one down the side, and they even had a follow up opportunity from that as well, which was blocked. Um, I can't remember who it was through his body at it, but I mean we had they had chances. Yeah, it was um, I think it was a mixture of um, Grimes and someone, wasn't it? That yeah, you know that we were lucky. Really, the first shot has gone straight at Humphreys, and then. Yeah, we've you know the the follow up really has, has just hit one of our defenders as well. So we did get a little bit lucky with that one, didn't we? Yeah, and I, and that's what I think was was bizarre because you're thinking right, okay, we're obviously feeling our way into this new new way way, way we want to play and stuff and how Luke Williams. But I mean, we did expect to be a little bit leakier on the chance uh, conceded front, um, and it was that way. I think um, they were pulling a lot of the strings and having the lion's share of the opportunities. Um, but the first one that we managed to get on target, and it's a bullet header from Harry Darling, and he's been threatening that almost every set piece this season, isn't he? He's, he's a real threat in the opposition box for us. Yeah, you think, I think, did he score about five goals last season? There's been a couple so far this season. He, he is, I mean, we've probably bemoaned it for a long time that set piece-wise, we're, um, you know, our defenders don't really chip in with, with enough goals. I know obviously Cabango was... Scored a couple, uh, obviously. Scores more with his, them. With his head, Cabango, doesn't he? Yeah, I was going to say two of them particularly memorable, but not with their, not with his head. But no, um, right. yeah, I mean, Darling just. If, I mean, if you watch it back, I mean, he really attacks the ball, doesn't he? I think that's that's why he ends up winning it. And you know, it's not a particularly close range like header, is it? I mean, no. it's probably closer to the eighteen yard line than the six yard line. But um, yeah, look, it's um, it's a great header and. Yeah, a glorious uh, goal for us, and like I say, we we hadn't really threatened that much at that point, but yeah, we'll we'll certainly take it, and um, yeah, always nice to score from a corner because you feel like it doesn't happen often enough. Um, dare I say, as it seems to be a repeated thing uh, throughout this season for the Swans, the inability to hold a lead, and for all our uh, resolution, you wouldn't let us take the dog for a walk, would you? <laughs> no, absolutely not. I think for all our resolute defending up until that point, it always seems to be just after we scored that we seem to go to shit and uh, no difference here. And um, Dembele, oh, to be fair, we were chatting about him before we started recording, Steve, a constant thorn in our side. Could have got a hat-trick on Saturday 
um, a real danger player, someone I'd love to see us have in our ranks, but um, he gets the equaliser from a cute angle. Yeah, I mean, like you say, he did cause us a lot of problems, didn't he? I mean, it was a, it was a good run. And then, yeah, the, the angle isn't really a generous one for a finish, but sticks it in the, the far corner. And um, yeah, I think, if I'm honest, I'm a bit frustrated with us in terms of, you look at some of the business that we did in the summer, and obviously that was something we, we've lacked is a bit of pace out wide and someone that can genuinely beat a man. We don't really have that. And the fee, I think, for him to go to Birmingham was only a couple of million pounds. And you're thinking, well, that, that's a player that really would have improved us. And you see some of the other business that we've we've done. We spend a fair few quid. That one would have been significantly better value for money, I think. So I'm a bit frustrated by like seeing how good he was and thinking, oh, cool, that, that was a realistic one for us. I, I'm not sure we would have got him necessarily. But, you know, that was certainly one that we we could have got. And, God, he would just give us such an, an added dimension, really, wouldn't he? But, like I say, he was a big threat all afternoon. And, um, really, he should have put Birmingham in front just after halftime, shouldn't he? He was in one-on-one and Rushworth has, has bailed us out, really. But, yeah, he, he'll be disappointed there that he didn't score, I think, to, to put the host in front. Yeah, absolutely. Um, massive chance that. I mean, you don't get many better at this level to to stick away. And I think, yeah, I said he'd probably be disappointed that he isn't walking home with a match ball because he did get himself into a few cracking positions. But I mean, the way he was direct running at us, we couldn't deal with it all all afternoon. And uh, yeah, we do have a bit of a sticking point at that on that right side of defence with an added issue with with. Sam Parker going off on the weekend as well. So I mean, you, you, it is the injury list is piling up, and all seems to be concentrated in one area at the moment, which is less than ideal for us. Um, but it may be something we need to look at this month. But I mean, in terms of where we're at, um, seeing a player like him with that direct running, with the pace, with the trickery, we couldn't deal with it. And like you said, just after half time, should be putting the hosts two one up in um, Mowbray's first game. But again, we've got the goal, the man, the man between the sticks to thank um, Stephen. He was a busy man for, for large parts of um, Saturday, particularly the first hour or so, wasn't he? He was, he was a man that we needed in goal, Carl Rushworth. Yeah, um, you know, we've praised him a lot this season, and understandably so, really. But um, yeah, there were some good saves. Like you say, re- really in the first mainly in the first half and then that big one there just after half time. But I mean, after that, he didn't have a huge amount to do, which is probably a source of quite big frustration from my point of view that, that we obviously haven't ended up winning. But um, yeah, look, he's, we've praised him numerous times on the pod this season. He's, um, he's a top goalkeeper where we're lucky to have him. And um, yeah, it's certainly not uh, a position that we, we feel we need to strengthen at this moment in time. I mean, we'll have a, and it, It'll be a different conversation in the summer, obviously. But, um, yeah, we're lucky that we've got him. And I think without him, we we know that we'd have less points on the board. So, um, yeah, he's been a, a really good signing for us. It's a bit of a weird one because you talk about the first half, Birmingham having all the chances and then us scoring. Um, the second half, we created a few chances before Lowe did score. Um, you know, I think we Lowe himself... Had a had a great uh, shot saved by Roddy coming down that um, same side. Yeah, with that, he like charged the ball down, didn't he? Fantastic and then, to be fair, it's, it's gone in the air. That that first touch is outrageous, really, isn't it? So, yeah, and it's it's probably a similar chance to what Dembele had, but yeah, obviously it wasn't. You know, it, it's difficult to score from there. We've got to be realistic about it. Um, but yeah, I mean that that second goal was just a really good move, wasn't it? Cullen's put a nice ball to Timon, who obviously has got two assists on Saturday, so that's 
really good. And it, it was just, it was a lovely ball in. I've got to be honest, right? All season, I have felt that we shouldn't really be crossing the ball in the air because of our lack of height. So it was nice to see a ball go in the box on the floor and the fact that we've scored from it, which proves the point. So Lowe's done really well there to get in front of the defender. It's just a nice little flick then, and obviously it's gone in. So there's definite lessons to learn from that because so many times I've seen us whip the ball in the box in the end. I'm thinking, we do realise that we don't have any height. And I'm thinking, yeah. unless uh, um, Kukarevic is playing, then it's a little bit different. You could probably whip the ball into him. He is more likely to score uh, in the air. But the rest of them, I never fancy in a 50-50. So, yeah, I think it was good to see us put one in on the floor. We made it count. And obviously there were a couple of other chances that we had that were, you know, along the same lines and arguably we should have done better from them. Well, I've come on to that in a minute because it is massive source of frustration from our top goal scorer. And I know that sounds like a bit of a weird thing to say, but um, first of all, um, Harry Darling almost added to his goal tally with a, a looping header that come back off the crossbar. Um, and it was that point of the game, Steve, where unlike the first half or almost the polar opposite to the first half where we were doing all the chance creation, Birmingham were looking a little bit um, at sixes and sevens and after that darling effort and Lowe's goal, um, the game should have been put out of sight when uh, when Jerry Yates failed to get on the end of a uh, Patterson cross. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, like you say, darling had that good header that you know sort of dipped late. Um, there was a good, there was another one that Lowe had when there, but it was offside. But to be fair, yeah. that was a great ball from Grimes when they were, you know, he's controlled it with his knee, and then um, yeah, the flag has gone up, but. That was that was really good as well. Yeah, the Yates chance was annoying. I mean, it for me, it, it's a good ball in. It's slightly in front of him, but what can he ask um, for? He's pointed. He's watching it, it back. This is the problem. I think against Borgham, the ball was too far ahead of him, so I'll stick up for him on that one. But the partners and cross the other day, he should have made it. You've got to get in there for that. I mean, that was a really good chance, and it's fairly obvious if that goes in, we, we would have won comfortably in there. So yeah, yeah, you, you just feel like for a goal scorer, that was a really good opportunity. And he's not taking it. And obviously, it's, it's proved to be costly as well, isn't it? So, frustrating. I mean, Yates wasn't picked to start. Um, so, you know, that would have been a really good thing for him to have got on the score sheet. And he's not really done anything there, is he, to suggest the manager got it wrong. So, yeah, that's frustrating. That was a good chance. You know, if you're a striker, you've got to be doing a little bit better there, I think. Yeah, it is. You know, you want your striker toes throw yourself at it and um, be brave in those situations. He did have a keeper coming out to him, but that is that is a textbook 50-50 there, and they're both battling for the ball. If if if, uh, if he gets the ball first and knocks it in yet, then um, then it's a it's a good goal. Um, but I, I, I watched it back because I was intrigued. I was thinking, is it too far ahead of him? Has he got it in the area where he didn't want it? But when that ball that play is building up, he's pointing to Pato where he wants to put it, and Pato has put it on a sixpence. So I don't think you can have much of an opportunity more than to stick it away than in that situation that he asked for. So I really don't think um, Yates has got anyone to look at there than himself that he hasn't um, sealed it for us. It is hugely frustrating, but um, equally as frustrating is deep, deep, deep into injury time. We suddenly decide to stop pressuring the man with the ball, but we'll get two or three passes away. And then uh, Jordan James, who, uh, you know, well from his time with Wales, Steve, um, he's um, a great prospect for Wales and a great, another great midfield prospect for Birmingham. And uh, he's popped up from 20 yards and uh, stuck it bottom corner. 
Yeah, it was a gutter, wasn't it? I mean, I felt we were quite comfortable. I mean, a lot of minutes went up on the board, which I felt was over the top, I've got to be honest. But yeah, I mean, it's a, look, from a, a Birmingham point of view, it's a, obviously a really good strike from um, you know from, from outside the box. Difficult for a goalkeeper to do much with it, but it just felt like he had far too much time. I mean, in that situation late on, I mean, you can't be allowing someone to, to take a pot shot like that. I mean, it just felt as if people weren't pressuring the ball in the way that they should have and paid a heavy price for it, haven't we? Which is, it's a real shame because that would have been a great win for us. You know, an early win for, for the new manager. And, you know, you look at the fixtures that are coming in the next couple of weeks, it's going to be a lot harder for us to, to win those games. And, you know, we've done a lot of the hard work and, yeah, really re just disappointing. I wouldn't say I'm annoyed because I could see the, the progress that we've made. I mean, we've, we talked a bit about the moves that we've made there. The second goal in particular, a really good move. I mean, the, I know Yates didn't finish it, but that was a good move. We'll come yeah. on to the fact that maybe we could have stolen it with another move uh, next time um, after I finished going on about this, I suppose. But we really should have seen that out. Um, so, you know, and they're a team low on confidence. That's the other way of looking at it. They've... You know, Birmingham have struggled. There's a reason why they've had three managers this season. Obviously, maybe the first one shouldn't have been sacked. But, you know, they've they've struggled, haven't they? And they've been low on confidence. And, yeah, they've managed to get back into the game. And it's our own fault, unfortunately. And, um, yeah, it's just, just disappointing because that would have been a great win, wouldn't it? And instead, the journey home felt a little bit flat then, didn't it? It did. Um, and it was hard to assess, really, how you get that. Um analysis of the game because it was weird we went into it we were all talking on the way up about how you know Luke Williams doesn't do crosses high into the box he plays along the floor he plays corners short etc etc and what we came to expect of it and until that until the flurry of chances across the floor in the second half everything was going in the air everything was coming into the box at height and for us to attack and it was weird to how much of that was um, Luke Williams allowing old things to carry on for now while he works on it and how much of it was him thinking this is the way this team has to play and it, it wasn't necessarily first half in particular how I expected us to set up in, in terms of how we played with the ball and um, we did a lot more um, looking after it but when we got to those positions we weren't afraid to, afraid to put a ball in the air were we? Yeah exactly I think that was um, that was one of the, the better things from us really we um yeah, you could just see those those moments that you could tell we we could have far more of an idea of what we were trying to do, really. I mean, under Duff, you just never felt it. We said it plenty of times, didn't we? And you know, we refer back to Martin's first game where a lot of mistakes, but again, you could see a clear plan. And it did just feel as if when our players had the ball, there were far more options for, for people to pass it to. Yeah. So that that's what I took as the encouragement. And like I say, some of those good moves. I mean, the second goal, the one that Yates should have scored. The Joe Allen chance at the end, that's... Um, oh, you know, God. You know, that's such a frustration because it was a great move. And obviously, I don't know if the ball bobbled or something. He's, he's going to be... From he's, the time, he's but, probably replayed over in his head a million times because the stage was set, wasn't it? It was set up... I would have just been a glorious moment as well, obviously. You know, Joe has suffered a lot since he's come back here. It's not really worked out so far with injuries. But, you know, I thought he did really well the other day. So there was a lot to be encouraged about with his performance that really would have capped it off. And it's a, it is a shame that that didn't come to fruition. And, you know, to, to have stolen it back later on would have been such a buzz as well, wouldn't it? But, you know, look, I can see positive signs. That's that's the most important thing. So, 
you know, and we've got to be realistic here. We're in mid-table. We're not really doing anything. It's not going to... I don't think we're going to be looking back at that at the end of the season and going, that sent us down or that's cost us a playoff place. I think it's just more the, the general frustration of two points drop. So, you know, it's it's really not the end of the world. But look, you're only human. I mean, if you're not a little bit disappointed, then you may as well stop going because it just shows you've uh, become a bit disconnected from it. Yeah. Um, if you can't win a game, Steve... You've got to take lessons from it. And I guess the one thing we can take from this is this stuff that we would have seen through the season that Luke Williams had an opportunity to see firsthand, um, our inability to hold a lead. That's 23 points that we've dropped from winning positions this season. We've taken the lead 10 times in away games and we've only ended up winning four of them. These are stats from BBC. So, I mean, looking at that, there's a clear area and, and Williams addressed it in his post-match conference as well, where he said... I don't know why we, you know, we decided then in the last 10 minutes or so, when, especially when that board went up, that, you know, we decided, right, we were going to, what we have, we hold. Whereas we were dominating the game. We were absolutely, Birmingham looked shell-shocked. So we, we could have gone on and carried on attacking and got that third in injury time. No worries at all. But um, it was only then, of course, when they did equalise, did we create another opportunity, which proves we were more than capable of going up Birmingham's end and creating goal-scoring opportunities. So Williams pointed out we should never have stopped doing that. And hopefully that's something that, even though it's cost us short-term, the lessons learned will pay dividends long-term. Yeah, I think what, what I liked about like what Williams has said there is as if he, he was saying he, he knows he needs to work with the players. Now, again, the previous manager, there would, there would be a case of it would be the players' fault. And rather than that, this manager's recognising that he needs to, you know, he hasn't had much time here yet and there's things that he needs to work on. And, you know, and he gave good messages with saying that praising Margotson and Sheehan for working on set pieces, for example. It's just all about giving, like, positive messages and making people feel valued, which we, we certainly haven't had in the first half of the season, I would say. So, you know, I think it's there's a lot to be encouraged about. Rome wasn't built in the day, as I've already said. Gonna have to be a bit patient about things, but look, we're we're on a reasonable, you know. I I feel positive about the future. That's the the most important thing. Um, even though the the next uh, couple of weeks do look a little bit daunting, they do. And I think what I liked about Williams's attitude towards it is, you don't. There's a medium ground which he struck quite nicely. I thought you don't want your manager to go out and pretend all was rosy in the garden. And say it was fantastic. We've had managers in the past, fantastic managers too, that have come away from like a, a 3 0 defeat and said, We were exceptional, we were the best team in the league. And you go, Come on, <laughs> take the, take the rose tinted glasses off and see the game for what it was. And also, you've got managers, as you alluded to there, who've thrown players under the bus with late drop points. And you yeah. say, I think re- realistically now, it's a lot harder for managers to pull the wool over your eyes. I mean, yeah. realistically, we all know people are be are able to access games much easier than they used to. So the fact is, if you've seen the game already, you've probably already formed an opinion of what you've seen. And if a manager says something different, you're scratching your head and thinking that you can't really take this guy seriously because he's talking crap. Whereas years ago, obviously, when you couldn't watch games, you were then reliant on maybe what had been written in the press or obviously what a manager said would, would carry a bit more weight. You'd be more likely to give people the benefit of the doubt, wouldn't you? But that's not happening anymore, is it? No, no, and I, and I like you know he's obviously praised the, the 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 positive things we've done there, but at the same time, 
he's noticed what we've been saying for a long, long time, which is we have this real soft underbelly at Swansea where we don't seem to handle pressure very well. Uh, we, we seem to roll over for our, for our belly to be tickled at sometimes. And it's when we are at the most vulnerable. That's when we need to stand up to be counted. And I think you look at the two periods in which Birmingham scored. The first one was just after we scored. Do not concede just after you score. And the second one, is in the dying embers of the game. Another time where you're going to expect the opposition to throw the kitchen sink at you. And that is where you need to, you know, do your basics and not getting out to Jordan James. And I think it was a player before him as well that we didn't get out too quickly enough to to stop the ball uh, pro- progressing in our final third. It, it was little moments like that, which, you know, if you want a manager to pick out things, you want him to see the game in a similar ma- manner that the fans are seeing it and um, address those issues. And he, he certainly picked out on both of them. And so, you know, we need to react better. And, and it, as much as anything, Steve, it's a psychological issue, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. Um, you know, they've just got to s- switch on a little bit better, really. I think that would be a, a criticism, I would I would say, about it. But look, I mean, we, these things, we've got plenty of time to work on everything now. I mean, as we've said, it's because we're in a, quite a safe position in the league as well. We can... You know the pressure's not on for for immediate results either, is it? So, no. you know, we can. We, I think we can relax really with, within reason in terms of and just be patient and and hope that things improve. I mean, I think that they will. And um, you know, there's there's reasons to be to be optimistic about about that as well. Do you think Luke Williams is going to continue with corners coming deep into the box in the air? Do you think he's going to be playing that way? Or do you think you expect to see a lot more going forward of the uh, short corners and whip balls across the floor? It's an interesting one. I was quite surprised by our approach the other day. And obviously the fact that we scored from it probably makes it a bit trickier. But I, I do think in general, variation is is the way to go. I mean, there's no reason why a few can't win the box. But at the same time, you know, corners do have a low success rate in general anyway, don't they? So, I mean, I, I don't mind if if, um, if Williams wants to, you know, go down the short corner route. But there's there's definitely, you know, a point as well to, to putting it in the box. As we've seen, you know, we, with Darling, we've got a big threat, haven't we? So, you know, um, I think maybe it'll be a gradual phasing out or certainly a, maybe a gradual thing of yeah. trying to vary it a little bit more. I mean, Martin was quite extreme, wasn't he, in terms of, you know, everything had to be a certain way from day one. I think, you know, that's not always the the best way to go. Sometimes you're better off being on a, a little bit more gradual with certain things rather than changing everything straight away. So I could see the point in that as well, really. But, you know, um, we'll get the answers when we over the next few weeks and months. Yeah, and that, I mean, the, the logic behind the short corner thing, I mean, you, you have set-piece coaches, a lot of clubs now um, employ one specifically for that, and we do as well, but I mean, you can have players set to mark up certain players, um, be in certain areas positionally, whether you're doing the man marking or zonal, um, and, and you're going to have waiting for the corner taker to, to, to signal that he's about to put that ball in, and it's all action stations. If that ball goes short players carry on moving about and there's a man running to the edge of the box. It, it, it disrupts the patterns of your defensive setup, doesn't it? And that's where chance it created. And um, Luke Williams said in that press conference, if you still haven't seen it, definitely hunt it out on YouTube where he talks about short corners and um, how many shots they get away from a short corner as opposed to what you get 
um, chance creation from a ball into the box. Uh, but as you say, when you get that opportunity then and you've got someone who can attack the ball like Darlin, it is a it is a tool which you can use um, going forward. Um, so I think we're pretty much uh, covered on it in terms of how we feel about it, Steve. We come away a bit disappointed, a little bit deflated with the manner of and the timing of the late goal. But... Um, and it, it did feel a little bit like two points drop, but at, at the end of the day, no one came away. Uh, well, no, I didn't see anyone come away angry or pissed off or anything like that. It was more just a bit gutted for the team. Yeah, exactly. Um, just the general frustration, really, of, of being in a good position and you know conceding in the end, as opposed to you know being especially annoyed or I wouldn't say ruined my weekend or anything like that. Either just put a, a dent in it, really. So. Yeah, look, it happens, and I was talking to one of the boys on the way out, and um, saying we've had a lot of late goals recently. Not all of them entirely deserved. So sometimes what goes around comes around, and maybe we had a bit of payback for that one. We did, we did, yeah. So we move on, and as you say, I guess the the needing of picking up points in games like that will will perhaps display themselves in the next few weeks because we've got a horrid couple of fixtures coming up. Um, where you don't expect or you can't expect us to get a massive return from. First one is uh, a visit back to the uh, Swansea.com stadium for Russell Martin. Steve, uh, Southampton visit on Saturday. Early kickoff, by the way. Something I'd forgotten about. Yeah, move for Sky, which isn't a a great shock, I suppose. Um, Yeah, look, we've uh, obviously we've played Southampton quite recently. Uh, it proved to be a, a long afternoon, didn't it? Um, they, the run that they're on is amazing. I think it's closing on 20 games in it without um, without losing. A lot of them have been wins. They've really closed up now on the top two as well, haven't they? So they'll be full of confidence. The main thing is that they've sorted defensive issues out, haven't they, since Colin Calderwood's gone in there? They haven't been conceding anywhere near as many goals. So... You know, the, the, the disappointment there from our point of view would be that I think we were linked with him and obviously it didn't happen and you feel like that could have been a difference maker for us. We didn't finish far off the playoffs last year and if maybe we could have done a bit more defensive work that might have helped us but look, it's um, it's ancient history now, isn't it? But it's going to be a, a really tough game. I mean, we're going to struggle to to get the ball, I think, against a team that have, you know, the informed team in the division really, probably even above Leicester based on the last... 20 games or so so um, yeah it's going to be a difficult one but the pressure's off really I mean there's not going to be a lot of expectation on it but look it would be nice to upset the apple cart wouldn't it and um, bring uh, the run to the end it'll be a good atmosphere it'll be um, it'll be a, a, a game for the purists I should imagine um, and yeah I, I just hope I mean there's there's obviously Hopefully, a, 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 a shrinking section of the fan base that are still pining for the, uh, the the Southampton manager. And I think now that Luke Williams is in post, I do think people have found a new um, man to devote their attention to. Um, but that said, um, I hope it's not going to be a case of if Southampton do pull off, as people expect, uh, an away win on Saturday, that um, people don't say, oh, look, this is what we could have had. Because let's be honest, the resources at Southampton and Swansea are vastly different, Steve. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, it's it's a different ball game completely, really, isn't it? So, you know, it, it does show that, you know, managers with 
you know, if it shows that Martin clearly had something and needed yeah. a degree of backing that he he didn't get you. But at the same time, realistically, he was never going to get the level of backing that he's got at Southampton either. So, yeah, look, um, you know, it's, it's not a shock, is it? When you look at the top of the division, three of the top four are parachute payment teams and they're ones that came down last year. I mean, Ipswich are the ones that are flying the flag for the, the me immortals, really, at the moment, aren't they? But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, three of those other four are... They're in a different world, aren't they, really, to the rest of us. They've got, you know, really strong squads. Um, you know, we may have no players at all that would get into most of their teams. So I think yeah. that really says where we're at, doesn't it? And, and most other clubs in the division are in the same boat. Yeah, I mean, there were a couple of clubs last season where you thought, almost as a championship fan, you almost didn't want them to come down because you knew they weren't short of uh, a few quid as a Premier League team, Leicester in particular, really shouldn't have ended up getting relegated. I know they've had their financial difficulties the last couple of years, but you know they, they, they were a sure thing until last season's capitulation. Um, and Southampton, well, you know, they another club which have got a steeped in history in the Premier League and uh, come into this game with, um, with the parachute payments and the squad that uh, could... Uh, you know, a lot of them could stay in the Premier League. It is a, it is a good squad that they've got. But I mean, we're at different levels now, aren't we? Where, the way we handled our finances post relegation, or in fact, not post relegation, but pre relegation, is 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 kind of why we're in those different situations, Steve, aren't we? Because we clung on for a couple of extra years and splashed money where it just wasn't there to be splashed, and we ended up paying a very very hefty price when we got relegated. Yeah, I mean, the key thing was really that Southampton, when they went down, did at least have assets, didn't they? I mean, they had um, Ward Prowse, yeah. obviously, was sold to to West Ham. Um, obviously, I'm sure there's a few others. Nathan Taylor, they had. I know he was successful at Burnley last year, but then he's ended up uh, moving on, doesn't he? And that's just two off, um, off the top of my head, really. So I think that's the thing. They had players that other clubs would have wanted, whereas... Most of ours were not wanted, were they? That's because we the, had poor business in the past two years as well, didn't we? Yes, that that's the problem, isn't it? I mean, if you look at it like that, we, you know, we, we wasted it. Whereas at least when Southampton went down, they would have been looking and going, well, this player is you that other clubs are going to want, so you're not going to have a, a major problem then, really. Either are you? And I think, you know, I think a lot of the other, the other clubs that came down were in the same boat, really, weren't they? I mean, I know Leeds seem to have lost a lot of players, mainly on loan, don't they? But they have sold a few, like Sinistera. I mean, Leicester obviously sold Madison, being um, the main one, didn't they? But a few others have moved on as well. But obviously, they've kept a lot of other players. And yeah, that's the thing. If you're in a position there where you've still got players that other clubs want, you can easily sell them. And then you can, you're can you able to keep some of the other ones that you'd like to keep. You can still add to what you've got. And um, yeah, the, the relegation then doesn't hurt you as much. And I, I do genuinely think as well, since covid those parachute payments are now quite a significant advantage, far more than they were before that. So it is getting very difficult now for, for the likes of, of us to to compete. That's why last year was really a, a missed opportunity because the league wasn't as, as strong. There weren't as many standout teams, really. So I think that's the that's the issue that we're, we're in now. It's It does feel like those teams that are coming down are, are quite a big advantage. I mean, it could well be this year now that the three uh, teams that went up last year will come straight back. But, I mean, Burnley would have had two lots of parachutes and stuff like that. I mean, Sheffield United are the same. Luton will be on them for the first time. I mean, those clubs then are going to have an advantage. They're not going to be as good as what the teams are now that have just come down, I think. 
but at the same time they're going to have the advantage then aren't they so you're just in a never-ending cycle really it feels like and then if you're like us and you get to the point where you haven't gone back up when your parachutes run out you're in a little bit of trouble really i think because yeah your your wages will have gone down a lot and your your income is has shrunk drastically and you're then reliant on probably more of a brentford type of model aren't you where you're bringing people in selling them on and you have to do that enough times that then you're in a position where you can bring people in that other clubs most other clubs can't and you progress it that way really but i mean that is a very challenging way of doing it but that is the thing that we now have to do i think to be successful well, there's been a lot of talk um, or whispers, I should say, about our scouting model and how much they've invested in the background in improving that because that's what you have to do. When your finances run dry and you've, you've, you're basically, your wages to income is way out of hand, you need to address that. You're going to have a few windows and a few seasons where you're licking your wounds and everyone's up for sale, essentially. Um, and it's still the situation we're in now. And, and, you know, if a bid comes in for one of our senior players this window, um, you know, you'd imagine that we'd look at it because we, we do need to have a certain level of, um, especially where FFP is concerned, where you need to have certain level of uh, financial stability at the club. Um, but to improve, as you mentioned, the Brentford model and the players they picked up, you know, seven, eight years ago, um, that they then end up selling on for astronomical figures, like, you know, Neil Mopay and stuff, um, you think, well, those those are the sorts of big piece of business we need to do. But you need to have people in the right places to pick up those bargains to do it. And too much of our shopping um, is done in the predictable, overpriced market. Um, we've, you know, we've probably done that this summer as well, Steve, and that's where we're going to have to improve. We're going to have to start thinking outside the box and shopping in lesser, lesser travelled waters, really, aren't we? And, and I know the the, the ruling now on um, signing players from abroad has been relaxed, so perhaps the work yeah, I think you're only allowed four, aren't you, that don't need a work permit? But I mean, that that's still that's it does give you an extra opportunity, really, doesn't it? Yeah. So. That was always going to hinder everybody, I think. But yeah, because a lot of Brentfords were were along those lines. When you I mean you mentioned Warpe, and then Ben Rama was another one, wasn't he? Yeah. So you know that that does you know give us a little bit more of a chance, I think. But I think the key thing is with business, if we're going to sign people, they've got to be you know for for, for money anyway. They've got to be players that are under twenty five. That's the way that I would would look at it because then they've got their resale value. I think the big problem we had in the late years in the Prem, we were signing a lot of players that were coming for like a last big contract and then there's no resale value with them. Whereas I think that was the good thing for the teams that have just been relegated. They did have a lot of players with resale value. So then that's a bit of a game changer in it. Whereas the likes of Andrea, you and Wilfred Boney, when you bring them back, they do not have resale value. And that's what leaves you with, uh, with a problem really, doesn't it? So, you know, Is I think that that's... what you think your focus on January would be if there is business to be done? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you look at last year, and I mean, Ogben, who's now at Luton, that was a player that we were strongly linked with and wanted. I mean, that would have been a good one for us. I mean, I think he's about 25, um, and there would have been the resale value within there as well. And so, you know, that I think those are the type of deals, if you can do them, we should be doing. I mean, other than that, I'd be looking at more to bring someone in on loan. But obviously, we got the issue then, haven't we, where we don't have um, any space for another loan player at the moment, or if we do, one of the ones we've got... Um, won't be able to feature in the squad really so you know obviously someone could get um sent back so that that's uh that's a, something that could change but yeah I, I think we need to be looking in that we can direction. always um 
we could always drop Rushworth for Fisher, mate. Um, yeah, we could, can we? But uh, yeah, I wouldn't recommend that, strangely enough. But yeah, I think we should. I don't, I've got no problem with bringing in players over that age group. I must say that. But we've got to be realistic then about the deal. I mean, I know the Joe Allen thing hasn't worked, but I mean, before he came here, I think he played 40 games the season before for Stoke. It's a free transfer on low wage, or, or maybe not a low wage, but a, you know, it's a reasonable wage. It's not a crazy one. So then you have to judge each deal on its merits. Now on the face of it, it looked like a good move. So, you know, I wouldn't criticise those type of ones. But I think the the problems come when you're signing like the older ones that don't have the the resale value really. So I think we just need to focus on younger ones. We, we need to try and find the next Perot, don't we? And this type who, of thing. Who I buys? Who buys them? Because I mean, every club will be saying the same thing. You want to buy a player 22, 23. You want to buy him while he's still got potential because you know then if he has a good couple of years someone's going to come in or say say you buy a 24 year old and then you've got a player who's 27 because you think then they're at the peak of their career you're going to make a massive profit on them but then you're expecting another club to come in and do what you wouldn't do and spend big money on a player who's already at his peak with no resale yeah I mean some clubs will do that won't they because they're in a position where their finances are in are so strong that you know, they want someone to just, be here and now. Yeah, they, they can just afford to do it. I mean, if we went up, we'd be in, in that position, really, wouldn't we? So, yeah. you know, that that's how we've got to look at it. I mean, we, you know, you think of Sigurdsson left us at 27, did he? And Everton bought him for a fortune. Now, I know Everton are, are probably a, an example of a club that have not done good business in recent years. And obviously, they've signed a lot of players they've, they've not made any money back on. And that's partly why they're in the position that they're in. But, I mean, they were in a, but they were looking to improve and, they could afford at that point, couldn't they, to to bring Sigurdsson in on for that type of money, and and that's what they did. So yeah. I think that's the thing. And obviously, West Ham bought AU off us again. They wouldn't have been thinking of resale value with him, would they? So they never thought they'd get their money back from here. No, no, they didn't. Yeah. So we they they played us for mugs in the end. But um, yeah, I think certainly when you're in the Prem, it's that type of thing, isn't it? But then you've got, you know, the, the fact is, if you bring people in the maybe 21 or something, then you may well sell them. Slightly like McBurney went at 23, maybe did he to to Sheffield yeah. United? So at that point, I know he hasn't really maybe kicked on the way they they would have wanted, but I mean if he did, then there would have been a chance to maybe sell him to an Everton or a West Ham, and then they'd make even more money off it. So yeah, there's it's it's from that point of view, and I think it's when you get to about 28, 29 that you're really then looking at, you know, thinking well this player now is looking maybe for a three year contract, potentially a last big one. And um, yeah, they're the type of ones you should avoid. Your Martin Olsons, your Leroy Furs and Boney, AU, these type of ones really, where which we got stung with and all of them left for nothing, didn't they, I think? Yeah, for Christ, there's some relegations between Olsen and Furs, isn't there? Thinking about it. Um, yeah, there's a few. When we were talking a few days ago, moving on, Steve, about... The um the Morecambe game, Luke Williams' first actual game in charge, and we were talking about it would be nice to progress in the cup. And you were saying nice to have a cup run, there's not gonna be a lot else going this season. So when the cup draw came out after progressing and um we got Bournemouth away, I can only imagine how your face buried in your hands. Um probably uh, apart from the, the day out aspect, which we'll come on to in a minute, how that's even been fucked up. Um, it's a fixture Swansea City haven't enjoyed. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, day out, that's a way of putting it, isn't it? Um, but yeah, they've Bournemouth has been a bogey for a long time, and I mean, I was me and you were still in university the last time we beat them, it was 2007, 
I mean, the manager was Roberto Martinez, and two of the goals were scored by an on-loan striker called Warren Feeney. And I think Bournemouth were, you know, Eddie Howe hadn't even taken the job at this point. He was still on the playing staff. So that's how long ago it is that we beat them. Obviously, we've already played them once this season in the League Cup, and they dumped us out of that. But um, I th- I did look at this the other day. We threw I, away a three-goal lead last season, didn't we? Yeah, I think that says it all. <laughs> we, didn't know, we couldn't even beat them then, but... I think it's our 13th meeting with them since we last beat them. I was looking at this the other day. So, I don't know, maybe if you're superstitious, maybe it's, uh, you know, it's time um, that we do it. But um, like, it's not a great draw, is it? They, they could be QPR in the last round. I, I actually think Bournemouth, I know they started the season badly, but they did a lot of good business in the um, in the summer transfer window. I'm not surprised that it's turned around. I, maybe, I, I think now they're in more of a position I thought they might be in which is like lower mid-table type of thing. But obviously you wouldn't have thought that they would be such a bad start followed by you know a big upturn in, in form with wins at places like Old Trafford. But um, yeah, it's look, that's a tough draw on it. And um, yeah, at, at least I was thinking it's, it's not that far. We might have a reasonable support down there and stuff <laughs> like that. But, um, yeah, um, let's be fair about it. S4C have massively stitched us up on there. I'm, I'm, I'm fuming about it, to be honest with you. I mean, I think it's completely unacceptable moving a Saturday game to a Thursday. I thought the Monday night slot was the worst one you could ever have. That annoys me. That shouldn't be allowed to happen either. To give us a Thursday, honestly, that's a disgrace, that is. Um, yeah, I'd like to, the club to have actually refused it. I'm, I'm sure we probably can't. But, yeah, I mean, if you're going to talk about, you know, fans not being classed as very important and stuff like that, I mean, that really is like a joke. You would need to finish early on a Thursday to go down there for most people. And then you'd need a Friday off, for example, or you'd be getting back at stupid o'clock. Like we accept when you have games on a midweek that this will happen. Like if the game went to a replay, it is what it is. But that game is meant to be on a Saturday. Why is it being moved? You know, it's not like they're going to get great viewing figures for it either, is it? I mean, As I would. I, I know Bournemouth's a tiny stadium anyway, but I'm <coughs> surprised if they even sell out. I mean, I know, they, they're it, probably thinking the same thing. Yeah, they'll even be thinking, oh, well, on a Saturday at least, you know, we're more likely to go. But now people will be thinking, it's been moved to a Thursday. Can I be bothered to go there on a Thursday, especially if it's on TV? I mean, don't get me wrong, they might struggle to find their sports and they'll. But look, <laughs> it's it's re- it's annoying, isn't it? I, I think that's nonsense. I, I, I do think we're getting to the point now, really, where there's actually too much football on TV. Like, you know, you're not going to get high viewing figures for that. I mean, there's, there's no need to move it. Just leave it at three o'clock where far more people are happy. There was no need to move the Morecambe game to Arpus 5 either. That was stupid. But at least it was still on the Saturday. I mean, moving this to, to a Thursday night, you just think, come on now, we, we've got to get a grip over this. There's there's some things that shouldn't happen. I think if you move a game to a Friday night, I, I can live with that. That's not too bad. You know, Saturday early and, and evening, yeah, okay. Sunday, not ideal. But, you know, 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock or Arpus 4, whatever it is, that's okay. Mondays and Thursdays, you shouldn't be allowed to do it. I, I do genuinely think that it's not acceptable, um, you know. And I bet match going fans, pretty much everybody would agree that those two slots, if you go into a game or ever, it is terrible. When I finish work on a Friday, I don't want to be thinking, oh yeah, I got to come back in on Monday, and I wouldn't have seen us play by this point because we're playing Monday night. Whereas with this one, it's like you've moved the game forward now, and we don't have a game on on the weekend because it's a Thursday night. Like it's just stupid. Um, yeah, S4C. Um, I'd rather they can't show any football than, than move games to Thursday night. I guess the knock-on of that as well is we were going to be playing 
Leicester away, another uh, game you could have gone to on the Saturday, which got moved. So you would think at least we'll have the game on the Saturday. Yeah, they could, it, well, I think the issue is Leicester are in the cup as well, so you couldn't do a lot about that. But there would be a big part of me thinking, right, can you just move the the Bournemouth game, just move it forward by an extra day to the Wednesday, if Leicester were out of the cup, meaning we could play them Saturday. Yeah. I mean, there would at least be a, a benefit to it then. We do have one game on a Saturday, whereas now... Shit done twice. And a game on a, on a Tuesday. People don't want these things. The Leicester in Europa League. Those are the sorts of days you expect to play if you're on Europa, don't you? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that was a downside to it. I didn't like the Thursday-Sunday thing, if I'm honest, but I suppose when you it, it means you, you gloriously win in Valencia and you're and we're on the booze in Benidorm, maybe um, you know, we'll, we'll reluctantly accept that little chore. But um, with this, there's just no need, is there? It's, um, you know, and if you look at the replies to, you know, the tweet when it went out, nearly everybody was was annoyed about it. And, and rightly so as well. It's, um, you know, it's, it's crap. I, I can't describe it any other way. It is. Um, I just touched on it then. It is Leicester after that. The, the fixtures don't get any easier. Um I guess Luke Williams is going to learn how his teams uh, can cope and this team can cope against uh, teams that will expect to have the lion's share of possession because in these, well, two or three of these games that we've got coming up, you're going to expect us to have to battle to get the ball and he's going to have to get his ideas in and bed it into the players' brains. Yeah, it's, look, it's going to be really tough. And I, I think... Um, Leicester in particular, I mean, is as hard a game as you can ever face at this level. I mean, they're on 60-odd points. They're not far off 70 points, I think, already, aren't they, Leicester? Um, oh, they lost the other day, one of a rare defeat, really. But I think it's certainly on New Year's Day, they're on 65 points. Yeah, they're still on think, 65, but I mean, it's a ridiculous point yeah. total for this time of the but, season. I mean, they, they may need literally 10 to 12 points to get a playoff place. I mean, we're, we're talking that ridiculous year, averaging about half a point a game, and they still get in there. I mean, that's a crazy, you know, Leicester's situation is really. So, I mean, that I'm expecting them to break a lot of records unless it gets towards the end of the season and you know promotion is secured and you know they, they slack off a bit really. But yeah, I mean, they're in such a, a strong position, aren't they? It's going to be an incredibly difficult game, but. Again, you know, there's there's not a lot to lose there, really, is there? There's, um, you know, it's it's more of a chance for the manager to to have game time and put his ideas across, and no one's expecting a lot, are they? So, yeah, it's um, both the next two league games are going to be challenging. Plus that that FA Cup game, really, which I suppose is the disappointment from the fact that we we didn't win on the weekend. It would have just been good to have got that first league win early on, knowing that it's going to be tough over the next couple of weeks. But look, it is what it is. The way to look at it is those fixtures will be out of the way. Then we haven't got to play them again this season. And um, yeah, that, that can only be um, a good thing, really. But look, it's going to be really tough in there. I mean, Leicester were incredibly impressive down here, weren't they, in October? Um, you know, a very strong team. I mean, when you go look at the strikers, I mean, Vardy, Iheanacho and Dakar. I mean, the two, Iheanacho and Dakar were on the bench. I mean, for nearly every other club, they'd be starting in this division, wouldn't they? So that shows you the type of, of tasks that, that you're up against so it's going to be a, a challenging game um, just have to um, see how it goes but I think after that it's certainly you know we've got Plymouth at home I think and yeah I think that one we'll be quite pleased to, to face a lesser side I think at that point then where hopefully we can can get the a win on the board if, if the next two games go as expected but um, 
look, if, I think if we get one point from the next two games without trying to sound too negative, that wouldn't be a terrible uh, return, I think, based on the, the quality of the opposition that we're going to be facing. No, I've just been clicking away ahead to um, the fixtures over the next couple of months. And even February has Leeds and Ipswich back to back and then Sunderland away following that. I mean, it, there's some really challenging fixtures to tail off the season. March, we've got the um, the Bristol derby and then the Cardiff derby for back to back as well. Um, just not ideal at all. Um, the... I mean, you're going to have to deal with the issue here, Steve, that Luke Williams is going to have a a testing first couple of months, I guess, as well as you manage. And people need to look beyond the initial results because what we need to do here is look ahead to next season and put the groundwork in place for that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, as you say, the the next two games are tough, but it doesn't get hugely easier because... We know we have got Leeds and Ipswich um, next month as well, haven't we? I think we've got Sunderland's another game that we've got. It's it is a quite a challenging fixture list, and then but obviously at some point it'll get slightly easier as well, won't it? Um, so look, you've got to play everybody twice, haven't you? But as you say, it's it is more now of um, you know trying to build towards something for next season. I think which which is what I I, I did say when um, when we made the change of manager really, that, and that's why a cup run would be. Something that could be could be good for us, I think, because you know it feels like we're in mid table and and trying to build t- towards the future. But um, yeah, look, we're just going to have to to be patient and and hopefully we just see positive signs where you know players improving and we're we're seeing good patterns of play and stuff like that. And um, yeah, that will you know give us things to be um, encouraged about because it's not been a great season to this point, as we know. You know, a good thing is we have managed to win a couple of home games recently and. You know, our home record in particular had been been really poor, isn't it? So, um, yeah, just, you know, we're, we're looking towards building, aren't we? I think it's, it's not a case of the here and now at the moment, is it? No, no. But, of course, we are in the middle of January transfer window, not even a, a whiff of a Swansea City signing yet. But to get one or two possibly in in this window might give us a bit of a lift as well with those fixtures uh, coming thick and fast. Yeah, I think it would... Um, you know, it, it, we're not really getting linked to anybody, are we? So it, it doesn't feel like a lot is happening behind the scenes. I mean, I do think we've got quite a big squad and I and it wouldn't be a bad thing if some left uh, to free up a little bit of space maybe. But, um, you know, I mean, I, th- I think it's obvious as, as we talked about Dembele, the Birmingham winger earlier. I mean, we're crying out for a player like that, I think, ideally, aren't we? I mean, but what, what you can do in January, it is it's challenging, isn't it, to bring people in? So... You know, I suppose Balassi is maybe someone we should talk about. I mean, are we going to extend that? I mean, we didn't see him at all on the weekend. I didn't think he had a particularly good game against Morecambe. The impression I get really is that he's is a bit of a spent force, unfortunately. I, I saw positive signs when he came on as a sub against Huddersfield. I thought he looked okay then. But yeah, just I, I'm not so convinced that we should extend that. I mean, I don't think he's, a, he's better than anything for maybe a 10-minute cameo at the end of the game, really. I mean, I don't know how you see it. I don't. I wouldn't extend. I don't think he's done. He seems like a great personality to have around, but we've seen. Oh yeah, he definitely is. That's that's the shame about it, really, isn't it? You think if he still had the ability, he could be a fan's favourite because, yeah, yeah, he's quite. He is a bit. Of, he's replying to fans, and he. I know he had a, you know, some Cardiff fan dug him out, and he um he bit back at him, didn't he? And for my money, he won that argument. So yeah, yeah, I think it's in that sense he's great, isn't he? But yeah, I'm, I'm not convinced that um. 
you know, he's what we need at the moment. And you can't go offering people contracts based on personality and stuff like that, can you? I mean, the game's not that sentimental. No, no. We've given contracts to most other things. But I think at this point, we need to be more uh, frugal and make sure that we get value for money. And I think Balassi, I, I don't imagine he'd be on a lot. He's been out of contract for, for six months anyway. But um, his position would have to have been coming here and put in a few displays which turn draws into wins or, or defeats into draws. And he just hasn't done it. Um, he's shown flashes here and there, um, particularly in his first couple of games. But he's been a bit part player. And uh, we, like you said, we've got a bloated squad anyway, so I can't imagine would extend that deal. Um, but, you know, he, you know, you, if he does go, then um, he goes with our well wishes and um, hopefully you find another club and stuff. But we'll see what happens with that. I I hope that there is movement in this window. Um, it, it might well need to be movement on the outdoor before it is indoor. But uh, who wants to come and bid for Swansea City players? Who knows? Might have to shift a few out on loan. But um, we'll see what happens there. Um, Steve, before we go, a few moments of inspiration for you, some positivity to take forward. We will not be doing a podcast next week because we've just covered the three games and they're all midweek ones. So we're going to struggle to fit one in and get it out to you before it's out of date already. So we'll uh, we'll squeeze one in around deadline day, hopefully do one on deadline day. So it'll be nice and fresh for you um, and you can listen to it the day or two after. Um, when we've proven to be completely wrong on most things. But we'll see where we can go with that. Um, but yeah, final thoughts from you, Steve. Um, you know, we saw encouraging signs, I think, on Saturday. So so that's certainly a good thing. Um, so I think this weekend is going to be difficult, but just got to do what we do, uh, give the players our support and, um, you know, just, just see what happens. But I think we, we've got to go easy on them, I think, at this point. As long as we see... You know, signs of what we're trying to do and obviously everybody giving their all pulling in the same um, direction. Um, it's the manager's first league game at home, so it's given him a good ovation as well. And um, yeah, what will be, will be really. I mean, we in terms of results, I can't say I expect in a huge amount, but it is what it is. Let's just uh, let's do what we can, give the boys our backing and um, yeah, fingers crossed it will um, it'll turn out uh, better than maybe what we're expecting. And let's look at it. It's a 12-30 game, so... Uh... If if we do do the un, un, unexpected and win, then uh, dry January goes out the window for some people, and they go out and celebrate. And if we don't, and uh, it becomes a humbling afternoon, then you still got the rest of your Saturday to forget about it and go out and walk around the shops with your missus or something. <laughs> oh God! But we got all that. To no one's to win that. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. no one should be lowering themselves to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've heard it from Steve himself uh, thanks so much for listening to this week's pod like I said we won't be in one for one next week with the midweek games clashing with when we normally record uh, so we'll come back the week after around deadline day and we're looking to do one around the time where the window closes so we can give live reactions to what's going on in and around the club as and when it happens so look forward to that Steve um, until then thanks for joining us and we'll speak to you again soon bye bye <laughs>